Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast episode. I'm your host, Strata lawyer Amanda Farmer, and my guest this week is Tim Sara. Tim is a seasoned professional in strata management. With a career spanning over a decade, Tim's passion lies in nurturing thriving communities and the people who manage them. Starting with Strata Choice in 2009, Tim swiftly worked his way up the ranks, earning a reputation for his attention to detail and his deep understanding of strata regulations. Today, as an associate director, Tim leads Strata Choice's dedicated strata management team. Beyond his role, Tim is a strong believer in education and mentorship within the strata field. He's committed to empowering others with both technical expertise and effective people management skills. Tim is a previous guest of the podcast. You can head back and check out episode number 168, where Tim shared with us why good strata managers educate owners. In that episode, Tim delivered a few clever hacks that he employs to ensure that he gets the most out of every working day. In today's episode, however, we are getting specific. We are talking about first AGMs. What are they? Who's involved? And how do both our strata managers and our often brand new strata owners make sure they run as smoothly as possible? I'll take you over now to my chat with Tim Sara. Tim Sara, welcome to the show. Thanks, Amanda. It's great to be back. Yes, I should say welcome back. We were just reminiscing and talking about how busy we've each been. I think it's probably been years since we've chatted here on the podcast, maybe even longer since we've seen each other in person. I hear you're taking a holiday soon. So that's good. One holiday every five years. Is that what you strata managers get? Well, it's amazing what a pandemic will do, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, off to uh, Thailand for the first overseas holiday in years. So I'm really looking forward to that and actually taking my newborn over there as well. So, uh, Well, that happened since we last talked. I yep. didn't know about that. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So uh, yeah, fingers crossed the flight goes well with him. Yes. Good luck. The parents of the world uh smirking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Have fun. (laughs) Now, we are here to talk absolutely about strata, but in particular about first AGMs, F-A-G-Ms, another acronym that we have in our world. Stu Denny from your office was posting on socials recently some very helpful tips for owners, for managers about first AGMs and that stood out to me to get in touch with you, with your team, Tim. I know you at Strata Choice are managing a lot of large, a lot of new builds and thought you might have some inside expertise to share with us about this mystery that is a first AGM. Can't wait to get stuck into it. Let's do it. What's the first AGM, Tim Zara? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit different from a regular AGM being the first one ever. So I guess to give a bit of background, when a developer comes to the final stages of their development, they register the strata plan with land registry services, and that creates the owner's corporation. So a strata scheme is born. So they immediately become the owner of all of the lots in that strata scheme until they eventually settle on the sales of those lots. And if they've had a successful marketing campaign backed by strong uh, market and sales, 
hopefully for them, they've sold most, if not all, of those lots. And sometimes they might not have sold them all. They might even intentionally hold on to some of those lots with the hope of selling in a better market. It all depends on whatever their strategy is. But when a strata scheme is born, they have to start playing by the strata laws, Strata Schemes Management Act. Those laws say that once one third of the lots calculated by unit entitlement are sold, we then come to the end of what's called the initial period. So that's the name that's given in the legislation. And so this is a time where the law recognises that a developer owns a pretty big stake in the building. So we need to have consumer protections in place that limit the developer from doing certain things. So as an example in the law, they can't alter the common property or erect new structures during that time unless it was stated in the strata development contract. They can't appoint a strata manager for a term that goes beyond the initial period. They can't have the owners corporation borrow money unless they go to the tribunal and actually get orders for these sort of things. So once the initial period's ended, the developer's got two months. They've got to convene the first annual general meeting. And interestingly with this, they have to give the owners 14 days notice of the meeting, um, plus allowing another seven business days for postage. So instead of the usual seven days for a general meeting, we have a provision to make sure the owners get plenty of notice for such an important meeting. And that first AGM is really the first time that the owners get together as a group and they start to make decisions on how they want to manage their asset and really set the culture of their community, which is really what strata management is all about. There's a bunch of statutory requirements there in terms of motions that have to be on the agenda. So a lot of those are part of your normal AGM. And then there's a few extras like for example, they have to decide whether the bylaws should be added to or amended because they're dealing with a brand new set of bylaws that were designed for the building. They have to decide whether they appoint a strata manager or a building manager as well. It may or may not be necessary, depending on the size of the building, for example, to appoint a building manager. They also have to confirm whether or not they've received certain documents. The developer has to give certain documents, you know, plans, drawings, certificates, and all of this is going to help knowing the asset. And, of course, they've got to consider building defects. It's naturally going to arise with any new building. There's no such thing as building a perfect building. So they have to have a motion to consider that as well. So, you know, your first AGM is really just setting the tone for the community going forward. It's really about the community coming together and making those really important decisions on, you know, what they want the future of this community to be like and how they want to handle the management of their asset. So these are... Brand new owners, possibly first homeowners, first strata owners, never been to a strata meeting before. They have probably moved into their new home. They might already have a list of questions, things that they're thinking about, things they're unsure about. They've got uh, what I imagine is a very large document the agenda with all of these annexures, including contracts and bylaws and things that they're being asked to approve. Everybody's coming together in the one room for an evening to learn, to make decisions, to meet the developer representatives, to meet the strata manager. Describe that for me as a strata manager coming into a room like that. I mean, what are you doing? What are you thinking? How are you preparing for a meeting like that? Yeah, so the question that I always lead with whenever I go to a first AGM is I like to do a show of hands, who's new to Strata? That's a great indicator of what your audience is going to be like. 
and perhaps the way that you have to tactfully navigate that meeting. Because the reality is society is downsizing from houses to apartments. So more and more people are new to this. And, you know, we have to be really patient with that. And we have to refrain from using technical language. It's going to confuse or frustrate people that are new to the strata landscape. And particularly for a strata manager, you know, it's really important that we expect that we're going to be working with a mix of people with different levels of experience. You know, a lot of the times when I ask that question, I get a few hands that go up. And that might even be people that, you know, they're not new to strata, but they've actually never really been to a meeting either. So you're dealing with people that don't have experience in this. And it really, you know, you've got to be patient. You don't want to waffle on too much. You made the point before. I mean, these are usually held in the evening. They're, you know, hundreds of pages long. It can be a very long meeting. And those statutory motions that I mentioned before, it usually means that you're, you know, dealing with 20 plus motions. And then you've got to have a strata committee meeting following that. So, you know, time management is really important with all of this. You can typically see towards the end of these really long meetings, people starting to, you know, maybe tensions arising or they're getting a little bit frustrated because of how long things are taking. So you've really got to navigate that carefully to say, well, I want to give you the right amount of information, but we also don't want to be here until, you know, midnight. Mm. And am I right that you as the strata manager will have already been involved with this building for some time before this first AGM? There is already a contract in place between you and the owners corporation that the developer has put in place and you have been assisting the developer to get all these documents together to the extent you're able to assist with that, to put this agenda together. So you are there together with the developer coming into this meeting, often seen, I think it's fair to say, in a bit of a partnership. How do you explain that to owners, answer questions from owners about that? And how do you see that relationship, if not a partnership, from your perspective? Yeah, it's any good developer is going to surround themselves with a team of experts. They're essentially managing project. And so when that strata plan is born, like I said uh, before, you know, they have to make sure that they've got the right experts in place to help them go through that process like you described. So they'll typically appoint a strata manager to help them, you know, typically setting up the first AGM because, of course, they don't know how strata works per se. So then we're appointed in the initial phase to guide them through that process and lead them up to that first AGM, essentially. So this is our opportunity as strata managers to help the owners be informed about their asset and how it's all going to work. Um, We're going to assist them, for example, in the first AGM to decide who's going to be their expert panel to help them run it you know, help them establish the culture of their community. So that relationship then transfers over to one with the owner's corporation as soon as the owner's corporation is created because ultimately that's our client and that's something that strata managers need to be really mindful of is that, you know, the relationship is now with the owner's corporation and we're there to establish the culture of the community to help facilitate things, to maintain the assets so the owners can enjoy the benefit of it for many, many years to come even when the developers, you know, moved on to their next project or anything like that. So we've got to make sure that we engage with the owners. I think one of the things that we like to do, for example, is putting up signage around the building to say, you know, the first AGM is coming up. 
for us to then go along to that meeting and facilitate it and then, you know, really take over the reins and work with the owners and the strata committee that they end up electing to then bring in more experts, for example, to help them sort of manage their asset. It's really important to know who your client is at the end of the day. Yes, and I'm so glad that you made that point because that's the tension that I was hinting at where I think a lot of new owners coming to that first AGM are seeing you as a strata manager having been working with the developer for some period of time before that meeting. They're seeing you incorrectly as part of that team and I think it's just so important for strata managers to recognise that that misunderstanding might be there in the room and to clarify that straight up. As you said, Tim, the owner's corporation is your client. We're there to help them establish their community, establish their strata committee, decide who they're going to be as a strata community and we're there with them. And the reason for anyone who's listening who may not be across the challenges of new buildings, the reason why I say as a lawyer that's so important to separate yourself from the developer at that point is that inevitably you're dealing with building defects and there are going to be questions, potentially claims for the strata manager to answer and to assist the owner's corporation with against the developer. And too often I think our strata managers at these first AGMs and beyond are seen to be too close to the developer and unable to assist in a professional way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think of it as akin to being introduced. I mean, as an example, we are referred by owners to manage other buildings that they manage. And that's great. You know, we really appreciate the opportunity to sort of work on other buildings that owners are involved with. And it's it's just a new relationship with that different building. I'm also mindful as well that whenever you're dealing with these situations, it's really about bringing people together as much as you can. Um, What you don't want is people running off into all sort of different directions. I mean, David Chandler, our building commissioner, is doing a lot of work in that space and really tying together all of the different stakeholders that eventually lead to the owner's asset being formed and bringing those people together rather than sort of pushing them away. I think that's really important. So we have that challenge of bringing people together, helping them understand why we're all here, who's who. What are some other challenges that you see come up at first AGMs and how do you help resolve those? Well, you know, like I said, it's um, informing the owners off the bat. So what I typically see as an issue is where owners have settled on their lot. And just a a simple example is that we haven't received strata interest notices Uh, from conveyances yet. So, of course, meeting notices are going out, they're going to the wrong place, they might have sent a strata interest notice and it's got the address that the owner had, you know, two years ago when they paid their deposit. So that's, I know it's a very basic thing, but it's actually a really important thing. And to get around that, we will do things like putting up notices in buildings to make sure the owners are informed that there's a meeting coming up and that if they haven't received the notice to get in touch with us. And that way we can work with them to make sure that they come along to that meeting fully prepared. And in organising a meeting like that, you have to get the right people in the room. So you mentioned before having the developer there, for example, um, having building managers there, having any um, suppliers that are being put on the agenda for further engagement. You know, they have to be there to be able to answer questions from the owners who uh, are potentially engaging these people for the future maintenance of their asset. I think that's really important. And I've seen some really great first AGMs where that's happened, where we've had essentially an open forum where owners feel heard. They, you know, they might not fully understand. They might have pre-read all the documentation. And that's really important. 
but there's hundreds of pages of it and sometimes you need to have sort of follow-up questions. So I think coming prepared is a really great way that strata managers can assist owners to kind of navigate those first AGMs. Having the right experts there, knowing the audience as well. Like I said before, you've got to know, you know, what you're dealing with in terms of people's knowledge. You've got to keep people on track as well. We can't have, you know, an hour-long discussion on one motion when there's 20. Equally, we've got to carefully record the outcomes. You know, what are the things that maybe we can't answer today, but we need to discuss at a future meeting, or perhaps we need to write a letter out to the owners after the meeting just to explain something once we've sought some advice on a particular question. And establishing a really good, you know, a culturally feasible strata committee as well. There's a lot of excited owners at these meetings and people want to get involved. They may not understand the commitment. So there's a big difference between being kept informed and joining a strata committee for that purpose versus coming in and having the time and energy to be proactive members of a strata committee. And so guiding them through that's really important, you know, educating the owners. If there's a BMC, for example, that's a whole different kettle of fish and sometimes we'll even do a separate, you know, mini presentation on what is a BMC and how does that work. So, you know, you're bringing together all these things and you've got to be skillful at it. Mm. Do you sometimes come across owners where uh, English is not their first language and do you have ways of preparing for that or finding out beforehand if you're going to have that challenge? Yeah, the the last uh, first AGM we ran, we actually had the agenda translated in a couple of different languages. And in the meeting notice, we had, you know, a link to go and see the translated version, uh, which a lot of owners, you know, really appreciated. And we even had a member of staff that was able to speak Mandarin, who was able to perhaps translate for owners as well, that maybe English wasn't their first language, or they were having a bit of a hard time, you know, sort of getting their question across in the right way. So, Yeah, it it does come up. And the thing I love about Australia is it's such a multicultural society that you have to think about these things. And it's great when you can see owners that are still able to engage, even if they might not have been able to have those, you know, services been available. I'm really looking forward to, you know, the future of AI in Strata and how that plays a part and whether people could potentially be sitting there having a translated version put into their ears. But that's, you know, future thinking. I love the future thinking. I'm sure that's on the way and more. Tim, let's talk about contracts. Now, every now and then comes up in the media, dodgy contracts, we're told that developers are bullying owners into signing up to at a first AGM, 10 year, 25 year, four times as much maintenance cost that owners are being put to. This is all happening in the the whirlwind that is a first AGM. Is this a thing? Do you see owners bullied into approving contracts? How do you handle those kinds of motions? Yeah, I know uh, Jimmy Thompson recently wrote an article about this and, you know, he made a pertinent point that we've discussed in this podcast is these first AGM agendas are long. It's like when you sign up for a service and you're asked to, you know, do you agree with the terms and conditions and, you know, we all scroll through and tick the box and away we go. Um, which, you know, is not a good idea when you're dealing with a multi-million dollar asset. What we want is owners for, you know, to feel like they have a choice. Um, We don't want them to feel like they have no choice, but to continue on with what's just thrown in front of them. And I think equally, trust needs to be built at the beginning of these relationships. So as an example, we have legislation that limits the appointment of a strata manager 
two or 12 month term at the first AGM. And that gives the owners an opportunity to build trust without committing to these excessively long terms. Ultimately, contracts are an exercise in trust building. And our industry's had to accept that and work hard to build trust. So it might be time to look at similar laws for other types of agreements. You know, it would mean that service providers don't necessarily get their nose out of shape when a strata scheme insists on a 12-month trial period because they're simply following the law in doing that. And what that does is it enhances the negotiations because the supplier comes to the table not feeling hard done by when facing owners as they would usually do uh, attending the first AGM. Now, there's always going to be pressure here because, as an example, you might have a building manager working on the site already. So, as I said before, you know, developers need help managing the initial stages of the building. They need someone on the ground to help the people move in um, before this first AGM can happen. So, you know, the law does state that strata or building managers um, appointed during the initial period, that agreement can't extend beyond the first AGM. And, you know, if you don't appoint the building manager at the first AGM, then you're kind of left without one until the contract is, you know, maybe reviewed or entered into. And we all know that can take weeks or months. And then all of a sudden you've got a site that's left completely unattended. So it's just an example. I think there's a couple of ways to navigate it. So, you know, being prepared is key. So my number one advice is, you know, when you settle, make sure your conveyancer provides that strata interest notice. You know, check it, make sure it's correct. Double check it, uh, make sure it's made its way to the strata manager so they can record it. The moment that's done, you have your rights as an owner. You can now exercise your right to require motions to be put on the agenda. Having those suppliers attend the first DAGM is really important as well because they need to answer questions about the contract, about how they're going to perform once they're engaged. I love it when I go to a first AGM and owners sort of ask, you know, what is it that you do as a strata manager versus the building manager and that sort of thing, because I have the opportunity to clarify that up front. I think that high quality, ICERT rated developers, they have to really carefully consider the advisors that they trust to maintain their asset because it's maintaining it into the future. You know, the building is their brand and they have to protect the vision of their development because that acts as a testimony to future projects. So I like to think that maybe one of the ways that we need to address this is looking at term limits from a first AGM. And, and that's I think that's been quite successful in the strata management industry because it's meant that we've really, really had to impress the clients in the first year because we want to retain, you know, that business. And uh, you know, the same could be said for other suppliers. Mm. In New South Wales, you're right, we do have legislation that will limit the terms of certain contracts. It's not the case across the country. I'm hearing that they have those same protections. And certainly here in New South Wales, those protections don't extend to all contracts. Embedded networks are expressly excluded from those types of limits. What's your experience of of embedded network contracts, Tim? Do people understand what they are? Are they asking a lot of questions about those? Is this where you see some tension or, you know, they just sail through and owners don't necessarily realise what they're signing up for until the bills start coming in? Yeah, it's usually at a first AGM, that is one of the experts that you've got to bring in and the good ones will come along to the meeting and it usually takes up a big chunk of time and for good reason. I see, especially the most recent first AGM that I attended, a really engaging conversation that happened between the owners and the supplier in terms of, you know, what is this? How does it work? You know, what if we're not satisfied? And 
that took up a big chunk of the meeting, but for good cause. So, yeah, I, I do think that, you know, perhaps there are some term limits that need to be put in place. You know, we do need to really think hard about making sure that there's consumer protection and consumer choice, you know, to, to be able to sort of flexibly decide on things and, and not to be sort of roped into these really long-term deals that sort of rust on, so to speak. Mm. And you can see how it's all linked into what we started talking about, which is what is the role of the strata manager? Who do they act for? Who is their client? What are they there for? And making so clear that you are there for the owners, you're engaged by the owners corporation, and you are their expert to walk them through these decisions, to understand these contracts. You don't work for the developer, you don't work for the embedded network operator. And I think if you can set that up from the beginning, when you get to that part of the meeting where you're talking about these things, then the owners may be more likely to see you there as a guide for them rather than someone to get into combat with or or to blame. And, and I think it's it's equally important, like I said before, for strata managers to accept that, to accept that the beginning of any new relationship, you know, trust needs to be built. It's no different to dating, to be honest. You have to build that trust over time. And, you know, if you don't act in the right way, then you'll lose that trust. So, yeah, you've absolutely got to put your, your best foot forward and, you know, accept that the owners, they don't know you. You know, this is probably their first time meeting you. Although having said that, I've been to some first AGMs and an owner's come up to us and said, oh, you manage this other building and that that's great. You know, I've got trust or a relationship there, but, you know, there's a group of people here. So you've got to build trust from day one. And if you go into that meeting expecting to have people's trust from the beginning, well, you might be sorely disappointed, but that's okay. You've just got to work on it. Mm. You've given us a lot of tips today, Tim, uh, for our strata managers who might be running first AGMs. Let's wrap up with your top tips for owners who are attending first AGMs. I always like to say to owners, you know, come prepared with productive solutions that's going to enhance the culture of your community. Positively engaging with other owners there is going to set the mood and the tone. So the way that we carry ourselves into these meetings is going to set the future. You can either contribute positively towards that or not. The choice is up to the owners. If they're really keen on it, I'd say put your hand up to be on the strata committee. You know, come with even a little speech on why you think you should be elected. A great community requires great leadership. And leadership works best with quality advice. You know, the best CEOs and thought leaders aren't doing all the work themselves. They're surrounded by intelligent people. Get your trusted advisors in line. You need a team of experts, whether that's strata managers, building managers, lawyers, defects, consultants. A solid team is going to advise you towards a brilliant community. And get informed as well. You know, complacency does lead to poor outcomes. You know, get yourself on the strata role, engage with the strata manager who can then lead you onto the relevant stakeholders and experts for more information. The more you know about your asset and the community and the way that it works, the more you can productively contribute towards its overall success. It's kind of like you're running a business in the form of a community. So if you play an active role in knowing about it so you can steer it in the right way, you're going to be set up for having a wonderful community and a great asset that's, you know, lasting well into the future. Very good tips. I'm sure they will all be well received. Just out of interest, Tim, in terms of show-up rate, do you find that your first AGMs have a pretty high attendance relative to other AGMs, you know, the the 40-year-old building that's been doing this for a while? 
there's a really interesting trend that you often see. The first AGM is generally pretty packed because people have got a lot of questions and then, you know, that, that does tend to drop off over time. And I like to think it's because people have built that trust and, you know, they sort of maybe some of them think, oh, maybe I don't need to go along to this meeting. I mean, I'd love to see, you know, people engaged in going to meetings, but people have busy lives. So, yeah, there's definitely a high engagement rate there at the beginning. And keeping that community feel is really important. So when you compare a first AGM to a regular AGM, definitely the first AGMs are always much more exciting. (laughs) I'm glad you said the word exciting. (laughs) Wondering what that was going to be. I have attended a few in my time and they're definitely uh, productions, that's for sure. And I see the work that goes in on the strata manager side. Some strata managers will send the team. There'll be three or four of you there, which I think is great for everybody to get to know each other and to make sure your owners are in as informed as possible. And that was our plan today. And I think we have demystified first AGMs, hopefully a little for our listeners. Thank you very much, Tim Sara. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Look forward to having you back soon. Enjoy your holiday. See you later. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at yourstrataproperty.com.au.